The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. And this conflict is terrible, and I've been educating myself on the nuances of the Middle East by watching a constant stream of atrocities on X for about eight hours a day. Jesus. Well, I guess I don't have to. I'm not in politics or a journalist or anything. That is a corpse. This is the worst one I've seen on X. Actually, this is Rotten.com. <laughs> sort of interchangeable at this point. I mean, this is how you get to the bottom of things. Someone on the internet says, look at these dead babies. Then you say, well, why don't you look at these dead babies? Then they come back at you and say, why don't you look at these dead babies? Mom, I gotta put you on hold. The new corpse just dropped. I'm gonna call you back. That triggers emotions, which uh. are actually connected to your frontal problem-solving cortex. I mean, not a lot of people know that. Oh my God. You know, one of the problems is that people only wanna post the dead babies from their side. So you do need to make an effort to follow lots of different people from all over to make sure you're getting all the dead babies. It's hard. I mean, some of the dead babies I was looking at turned out to be fake, so now I make sure that I'm cross-checking across multiple sources to make sure that I'm authenticating the dead baby. Otherwise, you could run the risk of getting emotional for the wrong reason. That is an atrocity. Other times, you'll think you found a corpse, and then it turns out it was from another year or a different war altogether. One of the corpses I was looking at turned out to be AI, and then after further research, some people are saying it's not AI, so at this point, I'm only allowing myself to get 50% emotionally invested into that one. I'm gonna send that one to everybody. None of us in the posting and consuming war corpses community escapes without falling for a hoax or two at some point. A lot of people aren't cut out for this game, so they've been blocking me, especially since most of my social media following is just friends, family, or people from my softball league. Not everyone's interested in in-depth Middle Eastern analysis. Okay, taking a break here. All right, back to work. Other people are doing research on the history of the conflict, figuring out what might be able to happen from where we're at now. If that works for them, fine. But for me, I have all the information I need right here by watching these corpses, letting them sink in emotionally to figure out what should be done. That is gruesome. Apparently Joe Biden said he was gonna post 40 new dead babies, and then apparently they said they're not gonna post 40 new dead babies. So I haven't been able to find those, not for lack of trying. I've been scouring the internet, refreshing all the different pages that post this type of gore. You do not wanna see my search history right now. If if you're interested in educating yourself, I could send you a list of people that have the good sh uh, Well, not the good sh but like, the, just, you know what I mean, the best videos of corpses. If I'm being honest with you, I still don't really know what's going on with this whole conflict, but I do know that I'm feeling pretty psychopathic. Yeah, I used to actually be pretty into snuff films, but I kind of prefer this since it's helping. Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, October 26, 2023. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be Wow, what a brilliant, if somewhat irreverent, synopsis by Ryan Long, capturing today's zeitgeist surrounding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I imagine there are a lot of people just as confused about the whole event as was depicted in today's show opener, and it is to that confusion that we shall direct our attention today. Today we'll be hearing various narratives on the current conflict that are as different as night and day from each other, but within which... I hope to pan for some gold nuggets of truth. Two weeks ago, in my opening comments on the show, I said the following, I quote, This past week we saw an act of tyranny in the form of terrorism carried out in Israel, under what seems to me as of this moment to have been entirely an orchestrated false flag event initiated or enabled 
by Israel against its own people to justify some other planned military event. The last time this exact thought occurred to me was when Israel's own government turned the country into the world's first major test market for the experimental gene therapies that it forced and coerced its citizens to take, end quote. Those were my immediate initial reactions to the latest attack on Israel, and since then, it appears that I am not alone in that assessment. However, this should not be taken as some out-and-out condemnation of the state of Israel or of its right to exist and to defend itself. That's a different issue. I could and have said the exact same thing about the false flag events carried out by America and in Canada and other nations of the Western world of late. But that, again, should in no way be construed as my being opposed to the existence or sovereignty of any of those nations. Despite attempts to make it appear otherwise, today's real war is a war within nations and not between nations. A war between people of goodwill within all nations and their own political rulers and politicians. World War III isn't just around the corner. We're already in the middle of it. As we shall demonstrate right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of our social media links, archive broadcasts, and the support button that makes it easy for you to support the show. Because as always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Uh, this is Israel's 9-11 moment. This is the 9-11 uh, of Israel. This is our 9-11, a spokesman said. Israel's 9-11. This is, uh, as someone said, our 9-11. Now, some are calling this Israel's 9-11. And, of course, when 9-11 happened, there was a seismic shift in the world. This is Israel's 9-11. This is 10 times worse right now than 9-11. This is Israel's uh, 9-11. This is an all-out war. This was their 9-11. You know, we talked about 9-11. I think this is worse than 9-11 for Israel. In so many respects, this is so much more devastating for Israel than even we experienced after 9-11. What happened in Israel is Israel's 9-11. However you look at it, the events in Israel over the past few weeks are indeed comparable to 9-11. That can't be denied. And when I hear the phrase 9-11, though, the first words to enter my mind are inside job, false flag, propaganda. And whether or not the dead baby's narrative is real or is fake is really not that important because the only thing that matters today is the narrative, particularly in the effort to justify some kind of military action on the part of a state. And, of course, 9-11 was certainly a history-changing tipping point in the direction the political interests were pushing leftward. For many on the right, the discovery that there were so many people in their midst who were in favor of and cheering on the terrorist actions attributed to Hamas came as a complete shock. Surely the same Muslims fighting for the safety of their children and for parental rights during the Million March for Children would never be among those cheering on actions purportedly involving the murder of Israeli children. So, 
I thought that a great place to start was by intermittently featuring some of the fascinating encounters between David Menzies of Rebel Media and the pro-Hamas, pro-Gaza protesters in Mississauga, Ontario last week on October 17th. And by the way, Mississauga is just down the road from where I am in London, Ontario, about an hour and a half away. So this is striking rather close to home. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Celebration Square in Mississauga, Ontario. And what, pray tell, is being celebrated today? Well, behind me, there are about, I'd estimate, 200 demonstrators who are essentially celebrating the massacre of some 1,300 Israeli citizens. They are celebrating the terrorist group Hamas. They are celebrating the ongoing carnage in Israel and Gaza. And I mean, the signs are very telling. Uh, down with Israeli apartheid. Uh, denounce murderous Zionist war on Gaza. And yet it was only one week ago today, folks, that we saw that bloodbath erupt in Israel when innocent Israel civilians were literally butchered in the street, raped, kidnapped, even reports of babies being beheaded. And again, I stress, I am in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, not Ramallah, not Gaza City. And yet, contrasting this to what we saw in Ottawa last year with the trucker convoy, uh, don't expect uh, blackface to infer that these people are Nazis, even though um, Hamas, I think, meets the definition of an Islamo-Nazi group. And don't expect anyone here to have their bank accounts frozen, and certainly don't expect anyone here to be arrested and put in solitary Tamara Leach style. Uh, the double standard is downright appalling, is it not? I don't know if double standard applies anymore, except with regards to our perception of it, when, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Calling it a double standard, though, is a bit of a misnomer and, I think, an unintended compliment for those on the left. I think it's symptomatic of the lack of having any objective standard at all. But check out what happens next. Yeah, but we've been trying to uh, just adapt and move forward. We just want peace and we want love and we want to be able to live free without being under occupation. And, and, and you know, sir, I think any reasonable person wants peace. What did you make of what happened a week ago today in Israel with the slaughter of 1,300 plus uh, Israelis? Uh, to be honest with you, with, with the way everything has been uh, with Israel taking over the land and pushing people further and further. Uh, with everything being pushed. Can I speak to you for a second? Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So we have specific uh, media people to talk to them. Okay. Can you please? Yeah. Okay. We can redirect you to the media people over there. Oh, they never show up, ma'am, but... I can direct you there. Uh, so are you people going to... Media people? I'm yeah, we have media people if you want. I'm happy to talk to them. I'm right here. Well, we'd like to redirect you there. Okay, Thank then. You. Well, as you saw, we were having a polite conversation, and uh, just like Thanksgiving Day at Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto, we have these people, they're typically female, they're typically young, they're typically wearing face diapers, and they 
shut down the interviews. Now, if this is a public demonstration, I would assume you would want to communicate your position, but I guess they're so terrified of people not being able to articulate their opinion that they might say something offside that they would rather shut down freedom of speech. It is uh, just absolutely baffling. Hello, ma'am. Can you tell me what brings you out here today? Uh, for people of the Gaza. For people. Yeah. You can see. We stand for human rights. Okay, then. Well, certainly anyone who's reasonable stands up for human rights. What do you make of what occurred last week in Israel? I'm sorry, both sides. I can't. I'm shutting down the interview again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't understand Arabic. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Then can I speak to you for a second over here? Sure, sorry. All right, then. No problem. No? Isn't part of a protest, ma'am, trying to articulate what you are indeed protesting? No. How about yourself, ma'am? What brings you out here today? It's very odd, isn't it? I mean, usually a demonstration, people are overflowing with opinions and uh, points of view, but they are not allowing it here, just like at Nathan Phillips Square. What does that tell you? It tells me that they're very concerned about controlling the narrative. But it's also very illustrative of the kind of control that most of the protesters are allowing themselves to be subject to within their own movement. We stand for human rights, says the lady, whose human right to speak is interrupted by a Muslim speech enforcer as she utters those very words. But everything we're seeing here is symptomatic of the left, and I bring that up for a very specific reason. From the use of the term occupation, to the wearing of submissive face masks, to the inability to articulate any positive values behind their openly genocidal agenda. This group could be Black Lives Matter or the trans activists who scream to, up to the sky in an expression of frustration that underscores their own fear and ignorance of reality. It's kind of a scary situation. Hey ma'am, I was just reading your sign, no pride in genocide. What does that mean exactly? Um, I feel I don't want to comment on this because I know Rebel News is a very conservative-leaning um, platform, media platform, and I'm afraid that you'll twist my words, so... Well, you you have the floor. I'll let you speak uh, unless yeah, these... I really don't want to engage because I don't, I don't trust Rebel News. Okay then. Doesn't trust us. Okay, so I'm reading a sign here, folks, that says, Shame on Canada, shame on Trudeau, Olivia Chow, leaders. If you don't call for a ceasefire, you are endorsing Israel to massacre 2 million-plus innocent Palestinian civilians in the following weeks. Hi, ma'am, is that your concern, that 2 million Palestinians are going to be massacred by the IDF? We know that they're in open-air prison. They cannot leave. They do not have water. They cannot leave. They will be waiting for their death. They're awaiting the bombs to rain down on their families. In terms of not being able to leave, isn't that the fault of Hamas? They are blocking Palestinians in Gaza City from leaving, are they not? Hamas is a distraction from Palestinian lives. Everyone's talking about Hamas to equate Palestinian lives to terrorism. But ma'am, with respect, how can we not talk about Hamas? You are well aware of the massacre that happened last week in Israel, are you not? This is diverting the topic, and we all know it. 
we can diverting the t isn't that the crux of the matter over 1300 israeli civilians were massacred the death hole of palestinians have surpassed the ones of israelis okay then but when it comes to laying blame for what's happening right now in gaza this was triggered by the events of last week otherwise we'd still be in relative peace would we not you're asking the wrong questions. Ask why 600 Palestinian children were killed through white phosphorus gas bombs instead. Tell me, ma'am, too, um, Hamas is recognized by the Canadian government, as well as many other governments, as a terrorist organization. Would you like to see Hamas removed from that list? Hamas is out of the question. What needs to happen right now in terms of Canada is a ceasefire. But how can there be a ceasefire if Hamas is doing these kinds of acts of atrocities? And again, I ask you with all respect, should they be still recognized as a terrorist organization? Hamas's power is nothing. Israel has cut off water supplies, electricity and fuel from Palestinians. They cannot leave. This has nothing to do with Hamas. This has to do with innocent children getting white phosphorus gas bombs, a war crime known since like World War I, World War II. Well, if we go down that road, ma'am, is there some blame for Egypt here? They're not letting any Gazans into their country. It is not Egypt's responsibility to allow Palestinians to go there. The problem here is that Israel has been a 78-year occupation on Gaza, nearly a century of violence against Palestinian innocent children and families. Why aren't we talking about this near decade, I mean, near century long of uh, oppression, of um, dominance, of massacre over the last near century. Ma'am, when you use the word massacre, is there not a difference between a deliberate act of terrorism killing innocent civilians versus collateral damage by the IDF doing, say, an airstrike? Once again, talking about Hamas while discrediting Palestinian lives is the upholding of white supremacy and it's part of colonialism as well. So uh, White supremacy? I'm, I'm not sure I connect the dots there and colonialism. What do you mean by that? I'm sorry, unfortunately, I have to go. Okay, thank you for your time. Keep in mind how that conversation just ended with the inevitable leftist accusation of white supremacy followed by a quick retreat. Because that's the very same script that was followed in the really eye-opening exchange David Menzies had with a young lady identifying herself openly as Esther Koran that I understand went viral on some platforms following Rebel Media's publishing it. We'll be hearing that shortly as we head into our first bumper break. But, you know, it's very interesting to hear a person like the woman who was asked to comment about her reasons for supporting the protest but who replied that she doesn't trust conservative platforms. And I was thinking, okay, so what? Why should that stop you from expressing your viewpoint? I mean, if they misrepresent you, then you've got a great way to demonstrate why conservative platforms can't be trusted. Wouldn't that work to your advantage? And as for the second woman, insisting that this is about innocent children, quote-unquote, she might be able to articulate that perfectly valid concern without spewing the very repetitive and seemingly rehearsed 78-year Gaza operation script that I kept hearing over and over again. That's not a narrative that is in any way consistent with any genuine concern for children as such. If there's a point to be made about the children in Palestine, it is that they by far comprise the majority of Palestine's population. That was an observation made by Stu Peters in conversation with Alex Jones 
on October 19th, in which they cited stats that out of Palestine's 2.3 million population, 50% are under 15 years of age and 75% are under 25. That's almost a society completely made of children. And on the return side of our upcoming bumper, we'll be hearing other aspects of that conversation, but the point to be made here is that between the following two audio bites we're about to hear, you'll be hearing opinions extremely critical of Israel, on this side through the voices of Muslims, and on the return side through the voices of Christians, with which both Stu Peters and Alex Jones identify. But fear not, there is yet another side to the story of Israel that we'll be examining later in the show, as if to ensure that we all remain as confused about the whole conflict after hearing all the different narratives as we did before. Remember, all wars begin with information wars. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Hamas is not a terrorist group. Oh, it isn't, ma'am. First of all, Hamas is not okay. a terrorist group. Hamas is not a terrorist group. What is it? Like a motorcycle it club? Or? It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years of colonialism, of occupation, of murder, of rape, of little children, of women. That's what they are. They are resistance. Do you think Canada is a colonialist country, too? Everything that they do is justified. Including what happened last week? Every single thing they have done is justified. Ma'am, there were children murdered, there were babies beheaded. Babies beheaded, really. Please educate yourself. Please please. check the news, because as as a news reporter, you gotta check the fucking news, because they said that that shit was fake, okay? Multiple times. Different channels, different, even Biden himself, his, his ministers and his idiots said himself that that news was fake. So There's no 40 behead, beheaded babies. And there you are no, no 1,300 deaths in no Israel? Evidence. There's no evidence. There's no photos whatsoever. Hamas is a Muslim, a Muslim group. They would never do that because it's against Islam. That's number one. And that's something that they showed. Do you there really believe evidence. that? There is evidence of Israeli women saying that they gave us water. They gave us food. They gave us a, a place to, to, to sleep comfortably. They gave us clothes. They got them to cover up out of respect. This is actual women having interviews, talking about when they were hostages or when they were taking in, sorry, when when Hamas members were, were coming into their house. These are actual Israeli women saying this is how they were. Even at some point, a Hamas fighter told, told one of the women, can I have a banana to eat? He asked if he could eat, eat a banana that was in her home. Does that sound like a terrorist to you well maybe if you're on the other end of a gun being brandished uh, you're gonna give more than a banana I would think but but ma'am you're saying that more than 30 you are denying Hamas hold, with respect I'll, I'll listen Hamas to your answer fighters, you're, fighters, you're denying 1300 people as died Muslims, as Muslims they cannot kill children and they cannot kill women so what happened last week what happened last week yeah. is that you need to f-ing educate yourself because there is no 40 beheaded babies. There is no women getting raped and, and taken out into the street. There's none of that. What is so the source of your information? Yourself. I'm sorry? What is the source of your information? Oh, honey, I will give you all the f-ing information you need. Okay, you want yeah. it right now? Because I can give you all of that right now. Give me a website, I'll go to it. Right. But Give me 10 minutes, I'll give you all the sources okay, you need. By the way, are those machine gun earrings dangling? Yeah, yeah machine gun earrings. 
concerns. My name is Esther Karam. Okay. Okay, I'm 22 years old. I'm a Palestinian. I have no fucking problem saying I support Hamas okay. because they are the true fighters of Palestine and they're going to bring back Palestine because you guys are fucking white supremacist idiots that need to wake the fuck up. Sorry, who, who are the white supremacists? You are. Me, okay. Gee. You're using terms like terrorists for... Have you even... Have you even seen what has been happening in the past 75 oh, years? Ma'am, several have governments seen, recognize Hamas as terrorists. Have you seen the evidence of what has been happening for 75 years? Have you seen it? Well, we're I'm talking current events right now. We're talking about the You're terrorist attack last week okay. and what's happening You're in Gaza right now. 75 years of all this. Forget 75 years. This year, this year, did you look into how many Palestinians were murdered? Did By whom? Did you look into how many times our mosques, our mosques have been desecrated? Did you look into how many times our prisoners have been arrested? 12-year-old boys have been arrested. But ma'am, it's have well documented that? that Hamas uses mosques, hospitals, and schools to hide their arsenal. by who? Well, it's a matter of fact. Ask, did you ask the Gazan people if that's what they've seen and that's what they heard? Or is that just white reporters being fucking assholes? Well, what is race? Sorry, ma'am. What does race have to do with this? You oh, say. Oh, now you're playing the race card. No, no, right? you played it. You now said, "What do white reporters?" You brought race into this. What does race have to do with this? What is race? So, do you think this is a religion? Is that is that you? You think the issue is is religion, right? No, I'm not even bringing religion into this. I never said the word Muslim. You did several times. Okay. Racism. Oh my God. And then this one. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I really don't. I don't know why I'm talking to you. Well, you came to anyway, me, man. <laughs> I gave you my information. Esther Karam, pro-Palestine and pro-Hamas. Alhamdulillah. Free, free Palestine from the river to the sea. I hope they all f***ing burn in hell. Wow. That sounds very hateful. And you know what, folks? That is, you know, from the river to the sea. What she just did there is advocate for the end of the state of Israel. You know, you said before the break that this whole thing just gives you a headache. And it's it's true because taking a side is is I mean, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, so I support Israel. 100% of the members of our U.S. Congress are wearing these stupid lapel pins with, with a foreign government's flag on it. But you've got some congressman running around in an IDF uniform. You have people on the Internet on on X and, and all over the place cheering on the flattening of these terrorists these these hamas people turn it to glass cut off their water cut off their electricity whether or not the hospital thing there was you know the hospital thing there was 400 different stories on x all at the same time old proverb the first casualty in any war is the truth there is propaganda spewing out of everywhere you've got this vladimir Zelensky blaming putin for what hamas did i, I mean it's it's just insanity uh but what the what the real issue is that I have, Alex, is you said you know that, that there's false reporting and this and that. Yeah, but you see, Israel is allowed to do that. They get carte blanche. They get they get a green light to report whatever they want to report. And you know, no other platform out there that I'm aware of is giving a voice to any of the Palestinians. I don't see the Fox News Channel or CNN or MSNBC talking to anybody in Gaza. You know, we spoke to a couple of Palestinians uh, today and yesterday, and you know, these are displaced people out of Palestine, out of the Gaza, you know, open air concentration camp. I mean, these people are kept and locked up. The, the, the conditions of living there are horrible. Imagine that, being a child born into this. <laughs> that, that is under the boot of Israel. So if you want to report the facts, that's the truth. 
Also, journalists are being murdered. Cameramen are being bombed and taken out. Soon there will be no witness to the genocide that's happening there. The fact is, this is ethnic cleansing. This is the murder, the sponsored U.S. taxpayer sponsored murder of children. And I don't care what your ideologies are. And it makes no difference about your religious beliefs, because I will just tell you, like in this country, Baptists are great people. Pentecostals, conservative, Bible believing Protestants in America are absolutely amazing people. They have big hearts. They want the best for humankind. And that usually means that they want the people that they meet and know and love, even the people that they don't know, to go find Jesus and to have a personal relationship with Christ. But somewhere along the line, we ran aground with our understanding of the Bible, whether it was an accident or some bad actors introduced a bad Bible translation into the churches, somehow became adherents to some brand new religion. And that religion is Zionism. And I will just tell you, there is a big difference between being an anti-Semitic person and an anti-Zionist. And I'm 100% anti-Zionist because Zionism, Alex, has a very checkered past historically, believe it or not. So at most present times, a lot of believing Christians, whether they know it or not, have been duped into following this Zionism and not Christianity. And Zionism is Jewish supremacy. And so you have a Jewish supremacist genocide, an open air murder of children sponsored by the U.S. taxpayers carried out by the military industrial complex. And we have the perfect trifecta because you've got what's happening in Ukraine. This proxy war against Russia, which is it's not about Russia at all, as you know, you've got this thing that's ticking off now between Israel and Palestine. You've got Iran right on the border there. Hezbollah is going to get involved. Uh, you know, Lindsey Graham is saying that this will be a three factor war if that happens, because the United States will definitely get involved. And then behind the scenes, you have China posturing at Taiwan. No doubt we're going to send all kinds of money there. So you've got all of these wars that are going on. Oh, you're right. And World this, War Three has begun. You know, you know what Israel is? Israel is the front lines for the U.S. military industrial complex. It's an excuse because it is Israel for the military industrial complex. And if you oppose it, you're an anti-Semite and you won't be able to talk. You'll be kicked off of every platform. And what happens when there's no eyewitness to anything? Murderers can murder with impunity. This is a land grab. 700,000 Palestinians were forced from their homes when this secular pro-gay, pro-abortion, uh, vaccine mandate, bioweapon, everybody in Israel is on their fifth shot because it was mandated, this Zionist state was created. That's what I would call ethnic cleansing. Look at how they used Israel as guinea pigs. And yet Yahoo said, we're going to be guinea pigs. I just think they're targeting here. I don't think the Jews are the enemy, though. I think the political class is no. playing us off against each other. No, 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 no. Jews are not the enemy. Neither are Muslims. Neither are you know, Christians. I mean, you... Republicans, Democrats, blacks, whites. No, no, Jews are not the enemies. No, what I'm saying is the Zionists are the enemy. And if you look at every intervention where we spread democracy and we killed innocent people and we flattened buildings and we rebuilt and we did regime changes and we occupied these countries, if you look at every one of them, where does the funding come from? I'll say it, the Rothschilds. That's where it comes from, the top of the Zionist lobby. Everybody's so scared to say that on the internet because they don't want to get kicked off. But no, you and I are Israel. We, the church, Christ's church, are Israel. That secular government that's killing innocent people is not God's Israel. Israel doesn't even care about Israelis. Look how they treated them during the pandemic, like freaking cattle. So there we've just heard two differing and extraordinarily emotional perspectives in complete opposition to Israel on this one. And it is clear that 22-year-old Esther Koran is a complete leftist based on her comments just heard, while Stu Peters and Alex Jones have long been identified as voices for the right, in the sense of 
pro-individual rights and pro-freedom. And even in their shared opposition to Israel's position, the glaring differences between the left and right couldn't be more clear. On the left, Esther Koran called for free Palestine from the river to the sea, I hope they all effing burn in hell, which is consistent with the left's death cult philosophy. And coming from the right, Stu and Alex bore no ill will towards the individual citizens and people in Palestine or in Israel, and went out of their way to make that clear. And this is consistent with the right's pro-life philosophy, not to be solely associated with views on abortion or euthanasia. It is critical to understand that life itself is the standard of all value. There are no other standards. A morality that does not respect life is an immorality, by definition, and both in theory and in practice. But very telling, the views expressed by Esther Koran. Hamas is not a terrorist group, she says. Well, that's denial of both the history and established knowledge of Hamas. She calls it a resistance fuming for 75 years. Well, a resistance, quote-unquote, to what forces? What violence or act of war is being resisted? Oh yeah, colonialism, or in other words, the mere presence of the Jews. Hamas is Muslim, and therefore they would never do that in terms of killing women and children. There's no women or babies being killed. None. Not even one. This said by the same person who just screamed, Free Palestine from the river to the sea, I hope they all effing burn in hell. No, no possible threat of women or babies being killed by people like her. Islam wouldn't allow for that. Have you seen the evidence of what's been happening for 75 years, says the 22-year-old who hasn't even seen evidence of the last few weeks. Of course, no specific evidence is ever offered when those on the left pontificate about their victim status and those they hold responsible for it. White reporters be an effing assholes, she says. Well, it's always racism with the left, isn't it? Not just in saying white, but in singling out white reporters as a-holes. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's speaking to a white reporter who's letting her say what she wants and playing it for us to hear in all its leftist gory glory. And then when David Menzies asks how he's been made the villain, she responds, now nah, you're playing the race card. Well, I just about fell on the floor when I heard that comeback. But what did we just witness there? That was projection. She played the race card and then projected her action onto David Menzies. But perhaps this explains why so many protesters on the left don't want to be video or audio recorded. They accuse the reporter, or just the observer, of being biased in a way that would misrepresent them or make them look bad under the public light. But that's just the natural consequence when you do look bad under the public light. There's no misrepresentation necessary. Most of these folks are completely unable to articulate their position because blind and irrational hatred has no rational articulation. Now, despite everything Esther Koran had to say and how disgustingly she said it, I have no doubt that there's a real issue of injustice within Palestine. But it's fundamentally not that different from the injustices to be found wherever a government begins to attack its own citizens. Or more to the point, wherever... The left is running the show. So let's look at another side to this narrative, shall we? On October 12th, the Ayn Rand Institute featured a presentation made by Dr. Nikos Sotirakopoulou, whom I'll just refer to as Dr. Nikos, on the surprising topic of, and get ready for this, the left's long war on Israel. 
During the course of his presentation, he provided a very succinct and brief history of the establishment of Israel with detailed maps that, of course, in our audio medium, we cannot share with you. But suffice it to say, it was not exactly as portrayed by Miss Koran, yet you could see the seeds of trouble brewing for sure. But Dr. Nikos did make it known that he was once firmly on the side against Israel. Although, again, that isn't part of his presentation featured here. It was once said that communism has no history. Communism has a criminal record. And you have heard about many of the crimes of communism. You have heard about the gulags in Soviet Union. You have heard about the horror and the famines in Mao's China. You have heard about the misery wherever these ideas have been tried. But there is one element of communism evil that many of you might have not heard of. I didn't know about it, although in some way I participated in that evil in my youth. I'm talking about the war waged by communist countries, by the communist movement, and by radical leftists in general against Israel. The left's long war on Israel is a fascinating, but mostly unknown story. A story of hate and a story of destruction. Something important to consider. Throughout all these existential threats, Israel has managed to maintain its identity as a country that respects basic individual rights. Israel is basically a free country, a country with rule of law. With weaknesses, the military draft is one example, but it's a country that is mostly free country. We cannot say the same about the Arabs. The Arabs keep falling from one type of authoritarianism to the other. Monarchy, Arab nationalism, Marxist-Leninism, jihadism, Islamism. The question that rises here is, how can people who machine gun children at point blank and who blow up airplanes and hijack airplanes, how can these people be presented as the good guys? How can it be that these people have the image of the freedom fighter? Where if you're a popular front and you have the whole propaganda mechanism of the international left by your side, you can literally get away with murder. Since 1967, Israel has experienced the equivalent of three 9-11s. This would never have happened without the support, moral and material support, of the left. So the big question here is, why? Why does the left have such a hate for Israel and why does the left have such a support for the Arabs? Because if you think about it, the leftist siding with the Arabs should raise your eyebrows. Because what are the professed values of the left? Democracy, secularism, workers' rights, and with the new left, women's rights and diversity. Where are you more probable to find these things? In Israel? In, the Isra in Israel of the kibbutzis, the communal property? In Israel that had a quasi-socialist economy for big parts of its existence? In Israel where the trade union is one of the strongest institutional places, uh, players in the country? In Israel that has the 
only and obviously biggest gay pride in the Middle East. In Israel, that had the first female prime minister in the Western world. Or in the Arab regimes of the torture chambers, of the dictatorships, where minority rights and women's rights are a joke, and where workers' mobilizations are met with tanks and real bullets. So the left support for the Arabs cannot be because of political alliance. Could it be that it's because the left is anti-Semitic? This is a very popular explanation. I think no. And here's a very simple thought experiment. If Israel was not a Jewish state, if Israel was a Christian state, do you think the left would have any different approach to the Arab-Israeli conflict? I think not. few days now, I still haven't weighed in on Israel-Palestine. I honestly don't know who to post. Usually it's easy. BLM, bang, Ukraine, bang, COVID, bang. Hey, did you do your Israel-Palestine post yet? I've never missed a stand. So who'd you go with? I look at my phone, I see a lot of Republicans supporting Israel. So I go, maybe stay away from that. Then I see a lot of the people we've been calling Nazis supporting Palestine. But then get this, the people that we've been calling them Nazis with are happy Israel's getting attacked. Riddle me that. But there really is no easy answer here. Did you do your Israel-Palestine post yet? No. What's your man? What did you think of that? I'm retired. Oh, you don't have representation right now? Obviously, I was at the front lines of getting mad at Kanye West when he was doing the anti-Semitism stuff. So everyone was thanking me for standing up for the Jewish community. So naturally, I'm seeing this happen. I go, okay, we're back with the Jews again. I see Kylie Jenner post for Israel. I think, okay, the word's in. Then boom, she's getting killed on every angle. So it's not Israel. So I start doing a bit more research. I'm seeing queers for Palestine. And generally, you want to be on the side of the queers. If you look at the things, you're not going to get in trouble if you go with what the queers are saying. Then Mia Khalifa, who we obviously support, is posting with the queers. And she's getting fired from her job. The whole reason I'm posting this is to get in better standing with my job. And by the way, I started to see that your silence is noted post popping up, so we're running out of time here. If you had to pick, who would you say? I would stay out of it like I told you. But if you kind of have to choose, which no, is I sort of what a situation I feel like I find myself no, in. But you don't understand, I gotta post to support one of them. I know to you, it might be like, oh, who cares what he thinks. A buddy of mine booked a Geico commercial from his Ukraine TikTok, so it happens. Feels like we like decolonizing. What, what is decolonizing? Is that just like killing the people? It's difficult situation. That's literally what I was saying, man. Because uh, normally it's pretty easy. I don't know what the answer is. This one's, I just want to post one of the flags and sort of be done with it. And it's tougher than you think. I'm getting yelled at if I post Palestine. I'm getting yelled at if I post Israel. Right. It's starting to feel like, if anything, I'm the victim here. I'm looking on the internet. I see Jews for Palestine. I kid you not. Also, I'm watching the parades. We're talking Times Square. Between me and you, when I see a bunch of brown people having a parade, I think it's a pretty safe bet to be on their side. Never failed me before. I mean, people are probably texting each other right now wondering where my statement is. Israel, though, probably, right? Yeah. For me, it's a little more complicated as a Gentile, you know what I'm saying? Maybe if I look at who's getting censored, that's a good place to look. Like, follow the YouTube warnings. And then I'm looking at UN women, I'm thinking, you know, follow the sniz, whatever the women say is usually pretty good. They're just posting random shit that has nothing to do with it. Trans lesbians are lesbians. Can I just go with that? Just like a random blanket post. Just be like, hey, lesbos, just so you know, lesbos with dongs are still lesbos. Stop avoiding the dong lesbos. So I can't, I, I feel like it's the wrong move. Are you going Israel or Palestine, you thinking? No, you 
Oldest trick in the book, my friend. I wish I could do the same. Okay, so like if native people in America took down some girls at Coachella, I'd probably be like with the natives against me, right? Like that seems right. I can I can talk to my representation for you if you're Palestine's gotta have Jewish people there, right? Like Palestine, isn't that, am I being messed with here? You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And yeah, everyone's being messed with when it comes to the PSYOP operations behind all orchestrated acts of violence, whether terrorism or war. It is significant that in identifying Israel's fundamental enemy, not as being any other specific nation as such, but the left, that Dr. Nikos has recognized the nature of the polarity from which all of the hatred and violence really emanates. This crosses all national, religious, and ethnic barriers to understanding that it's not the color of someone's skin that matters, it's the color of their ideas and thinking. Why should anyone ever be surprised that Ontario unions are always out proudly proclaiming their hatred of Israel? They've been doing this for as long as I've been involved in politics. And before. And that's because unions are collectivist in nature. They're on the left. When Dr. Nikos opened his commentary with, Communism has no history, it has a criminal record, I was immediately reminded of the account of Soviet communism during the Cold War that was described by Bill Whittle and featured on our own broadcast two weeks ago. Simply chilling, and beyond the scope of the average person to fully appreciate. But let us now return to more from Dr. Nikos as he takes his argument to the bottom line. So if we want to understand the left's loathing of Israel, and if we want to understand the left's support for the Arabs, we need to move beyond politics. And we need to find ourselves at the field of morality. Because remember, when do most of the left's turned their back to Israel in 1967, when Israel triples its size and when Israel becomes stronger. This gives us a prism to understand what is happening. And what is happening has been explained by my colleague Elan Giurno, who talked about the underdog principle. The underdog principle. What does the underdog principle mean? It means that in a conflict, we always support the weakest, neediest, most suffering side. No further question asked. When Israel was weak, Israel was tolerated. Now that Israel is strong, and definitely stronger than the Palestinians, Israel is loaded. And actually, if you think about what is today's most dominant morality, you can understand a lot about the conflict in the Middle East and how not only the left, but Western public opinion approaches it. Israel is the startup nation. Israeli culture is about creating, about business, entrepreneurship. There are shopping centers, there are nightclubs. Are these moral endeavors? At best, they can be tolerated, but definitely they're not virtues. But what about the Palestinian? The Palestinian is weak, and the Palestinian is willing to die for something bigger than himself. Now, this something bigger than himself could be an authoritarian regime or could be a theocracy, but who cares? He's weak, he's willing to die for something bigger than himself. We support him, no more questions asked. This underdog principle then can partly explain 
the left support for Israel. But not fully. Because remember, many leftists and many communists were supporting Israel even before 1967. There were no occupied territories then. There was no wall. There was no, quote, apartheid. There was nothing. So here's my hypothesis. Could it be that many on the left support the Arabs against Israel out of envy for Israel? What is envy? Envy would mean my concern is not for the Palestinians to do better. My concern is not for the Palestinians to be more well-off. My concern is for Israel to be worse off for its own sake. Now, that's a very heavy accusation. How can I say something like that? Well, I can say something like that because I observe. I observe what type of people in the Middle East are the left is supporting. Dictators, theocrats. And then I ask myself, could someone who really care about the Palestinians support Nasser? Can you really care about the Palestinians and want them to be ruled by the theocrats of Hamas? Are you concerned about the mobs of angry Muslims in cities waving Palestinian flags? Well, if you want even bigger mobs of angry Muslims, then you should support Israel bombing Gaza. That's right. When you support Israel bombing Gaza and other neighboring Muslim countries, you create refugees, which inevitably make it to the US, Canada, and other European countries. When a Muslim refugee comes to Canada, for example, do you think they magically stop being anti-Semitic when they cross the border? No. No. Of course not. That's ridiculous. They buy some Tim Hortons and they remain just as anti-Semitic as they were when they got here. So you support Hamas, a terrorist organization that kills women and children? No, I don't support Hamas either. Personally, as a Western white man thousands of miles away from this foreign conflict, I don't really care. But I would prefer if you two found a way to stop killing each other so this doesn't escalate into a world war. Excuse me, Muslims and Palestinians have always been the victims of the Israeli colonizers since the beginning. Muslims have never done anything wrong to Jews. I think that's quite the oversimplification as well. Because from what I can see, you two have been hating, dehumanizing, and killing each other for quite a long time now. It scares the shit out of me. I want to stay out of it. I do encourage Jews and Muslims, though, to figure your shit out. This has been a message from white people everywhere. Well, I am a white American, and I support Israel. They represent democracy in the Middle East, and if we don't go- Are you sure you're white, sir? Yes, I'm white. How many passports do you have? Why is that relevant? Are you an American-Israeli dual citizen? Even asking that is anti-Semitic. If you say so, Congressman. Are you really going to support Islamic extremism? I don't support Islamic extremism, and I don't support warmongering Zionists. I support a border wall for America. Thanks for watching. Well, that's racist. Wow, racist? White that's... supremacist? You sound like a white ethno-nationalist. That sounds like a neo-Nazi talk to me. Pretty sure I just watched you two dehumanize each other all week, calling each other animals and calling to genocide one another. But yes, it's the white people that are the racists.
Let's go with that. <laughs> you gotta admit, that was a pretty good reflection of the protesters we saw in Mississauga. Not only that, but the protests in Mississauga were also a great demonstration of this so-called underdog principle. As one of the protesters explicitly expressed earlier, Hamas's power is nothing. Israel has all the power. And then in the very next sentence, she says, this has nothing to do with Hamas. This is about innocent children. There is your underdog principle in full play, even as she dismisses one underdog rationalization for another. Israel is the startup nation. It's a culture about creating and business and entrepreneurship, said Dr. Nikos. As if to confirm that very point, this from the Universal World Reference Encyclopedia, which I have sitting on one of my bookshelves, and which was published in 1955, long before any of the recent developments, and shortly after the establishment of Israel on May 14, 1948, and I quote, in 1917, after the British capture of Jerusalem, Zionism gained great impetus from the Balfour Declaration, wherein Britain pledged support to the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. Palestine thereafter made remarkable cultural and economic progress, due chiefly to American Jewish money and influence. The country was electrified, and many new factories were built. Jewish schools and agricultural colonies were established, and in 1925, the Hebrew University was opened on Mount Scopus. The number of Jews in Palestine increased from 100,000 in 1920 to 600,000 in 1941, end Well, this observation certainly is consistent with Dr. Nikos observation that Israel is above all a nation that produces and creates. This is not the origin of some nation that immediately plots and plans to go to war to create some kind of one-world government. But does that mean that Israel is always the good guy? Given recent events, we still have to deal with the fact of what appears to be a false flag operation on the part of Israel, given the wide-open gap that allowed Hamas attackers to enter the country without any due resistance. Still no clear resolution on that issue, other than what we're forced to conclude through our own observations. But more confusion abounds. Some find it difficult to reconcile recent revelations that both Israel and Hamas were founded and funded by Israel and the Western nations. The revelation to many that there are two entirely different classes of what would be called Jews is yet another complication to deal with, let alone with the seemingly contradictory concept of Jewish Nazis. And for most, the distinction between Zionists and Jews is a distinction utterly lost on them, though it might help explain reports coming out of Israel that the country is internally at war with itself. Not so unlike America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Britain, and the entire European continent. Because the real political divide in the world is, as always, represented by the polarities of left and right, Collectivism versus individualism, tyranny versus freedom. And finally, there's the real psychology of what Ayn Rand called the hatred of the good for being the good, which is the source of all hatreds of the left. That is the nature of the envy experienced by the haters. Envy, noted Dr. Nikos, not to make Palestinians better off, but to make Israel worse off for its own sake. 
And Rand made it clear that this hatred of the good for being the good was not about one side regarding as good what the other side regards as evil. This kind of hatred is based on the very recognition that the object of hatred is the good, even by the hater's own standards. Why does the left hate Israel and side with the Arabs? asked Dr. Nikos. The values of the left are to be practiced in Israel, not in the Arab world. In Israel, they have a socialist economy, they have trade unions, gay pride parades, the first female prime minister in the Western world, etc. So in this respect, the left hates Israel for being able to implement its supposed goals successfully while none of this is happening on their side of the divide. Freeing Palestine, if that's what you really want to do, requires implementing all of the principles to which Islam and the left are opposed, from capitalism to freedom of choice to freedom of religion and to individualism itself. So instead of looking for someone else to blame for their own self-imposed oppression, they should be eagerly trying to learn and understand the principles necessary to establish a condition of freedom, and the fact that they don't would suggest that freedom might not be their objective. Free Palestine, from the river to the sea, I hope they all often burn in hell. Well, whose ideal of freedom is this? We have to remain aware of the specific context within which we are comparing one side to another. There's no question in my mind that in the context of its fundamental nationhood, based on individual rights, Israel is by far a superior culture to any of the collectivist cultures surrounding it. But there's also no question in my mind that when the left seizes the agenda of any free nation, that it too is capable of great evil and sinister intentions. But in the sea of blind emotional hatred based on questionable and conflicting narratives, don't expect any peaceful resolutions anytime soon. <laughs> so, with that thought in mind, and before leaving you with our weekly closing smile, bear in mind that what you'll be hearing in this week's closer is a John Stewart skit aired about 10 years ago, not just last week. So lest another 10 years slip away without our noticing some consistencies in the zeitgeist, be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. In fact, we'll start tonight... In, in the Middle East, where Israel... What? Israel isn't supposed to defend itself? Oh, yeah, Mexico bombed Texas will be exercised... What other countries held to the same standard as Israel that want to destroy our terrorists? What is the matter the Middle East, you Self-hating Jew? That was... that was weird. Anyway, what I, was, what I was saying was last Thursday saw the start of a new ground offensive launched by Israel. Oh, 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 Tradition! Tradition! <laughs> um, holy <laughs> Um, 
Look, obviously there are, there are many strong opinions on, on this issue, but just merely mentioning Israel or questioning in any way the effectiveness or humanity of Israel's policies is not the same thing as being pro-Hamas. So you're against murder children? Free Gaza! Zionist pig! <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Why don't we just talk about something lighter, like uh, Ukraine? Yeah, I'm good with that.